ladies and gentlemen, you listen to Red Voices. Welcome to the first episode of this new Premier League season after United recorded a rather decent 3-1 victory over Bournemouth on Sunday afternoon. Currently sitting atop of the Premier League table. Not that we're reading too much into it or anything. Kev, Kev, join me tonight. How are you feeling after that veritable feast of football? Oh, it was enjoyable, wasn't it? It was good. <laughs> it was a... It, it was a win. It was a win. And it wasn't even just that it was a win. It was just stress-free and not at all boring, which a uh, nice refreshing change, isn't it? Yeah, always a bonus, I find, to, to be stress-free, to be straightforward, to be scoring goals and uh, not passing sideways too much. <laughs> yeah, it was good. How are you, mate? I'm not too bad, thank you very much. Yeah, very much enjoyed that. It was, uh, as you said, it was just remarkably straightforward for the most mm. part. I mean, you contrast that to one of the darkest days of uh, Louis van Gaal's time in charge. You know, that game at Dean Court last December, which I remember recording with you in the aftermath of, and it was it was just a complete change. I mean, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. It wasn't an amazing swashbuckling performance filled with you know virtuoso performances and dazzling attacking football, but just everything about that performance just seemed so much more together. Yeah, there, there was the odd mistake. Yeah, there was you know a couple of things that we could improve on, but. To be getting a, a tune out of some of the players that you know we, we've been you know criticising for you know the last couple of seasons to be making us look like a more coherent side in such a short space of time. It, I don't know. It, I really appreciate where we are at this exact moment in time. Even though that you would expect that we would definitely improve on here, it wasn't perfect by any means. But it, it, I, I'm very much appreciative of where we are in this current moment. Yeah, it admit. was. I mean, we've had some good days under Van Hall, you know, um, where we booked the trend and did play well and did comfortably beat opposition. But I don't know, t- today was something a little bit more than that. And it was something we've seen snippets of in different parts of preseason, but it's, it's so much to do with approach as well. I mean, we've had good days since this, but it was probably the most recognizably united performance probably since we smashed five or six past Bayer Leverkusen in, in, the early days of the Moyes campaign before it all went to pot. Um, <laughs> as much as uh, I am uh, reluctant to shower any praise upon that, but it has literally been that long. It's been two years, slightly less, but it's, it just seems so long since we've seen a performance that even we recognise as our team. Yeah, I should stop before I read way too much into it, but no, it was just nice. It was nice to see some recognisable traits <laughs> and some stuff that you say, oh, that, that's stuff that you identify with United in terms of full-backs attacking on the break, you know, not being afraid to go Route 1 if we need to. It's not even Route 1, though, is it? It's just a, a very good ball over the top, um, which Mata somehow caught, but we'll get on to that. But yeah, I guess my overall point is I I saw some recognisable traits to that performance and it was nice to see them back again. Well, you could you could see a couple of those traits, especially last weekend. You know, we didn't play particularly well, got the win. But what stood out most for me, and something that I'm kind of glad I won't have to moan about again, because I feel like I, I did my share of this last season. The substitutions they were attacking, Kev. We actually bought players who could change the game in a positive fashion. <laughs> well, it's it's I guess it's just the difference between Mourinho and Van Hall, isn't it? Um, the difference between having a manager that you know makes decisions based on how the game is going and 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 what makes sense in the moment rather than pre-planned substitutions that he refuses to deviate from. So, yeah, no, it was I mean Mourinho's not afraid to take a game by the scruff of the neck if he needs to. Uh he didn't really need to in this game, but it was still nice to see some assertive swaps. 
Sure. I mean, I think one of my favourite aspects of it was that 1-0, regardless of the fact that Bournemouth didn't really put us under too much pressure, apart from a couple of shots here and there. At 1-0, there wasn't really much of an attempt to just say, all right, well, we're kind of done here. This is pretty straightforward, pretty comfortable. There was no real attempt to shut up shop. You know, we still kept on going for it. It wasn't hell-bent for leather or anything, but we still tried to play positive football. It's going to be really difficult, especially in the episode, to kind of disconnect ourselves from what we saw, especially last season, which was so negative for so, so long, and just try and analyse this Mourinho era with a bit more of a, a blank slate. But I guess that's kind of just where we are at the moment. I mean, looking at the football in particular today, it was just such a market difference. And it was just so interesting to see the likes of Fellaini and Valencia and Herrera in particular as well. You know, three players that, especially towards the end of last campaign, we weren't necessarily sure what we were going to be seeing with them or if we were going to be seeing them in some cases. And just to see this sort of functional, as I say, coherent performance come so quickly after, you know, here we are. Thinking back to that three-two loss, uh, to, sorry, sorry, the the uh, ground form you know as the Berlin ground, <laughs> yeah, back last May, you're just thinking, guys, are even the same team anymore? And, and you bang on right, you know, it it just felt more like United than we've seen for some time. There wasn't necessarily too much of a swagger about <laughs> swagger, <laughs> sorry, a swagger, okay. but it was just it's okay, it's fine. Um, but it it was just the sense that. At no point did it look like United didn't know what they were doing. Yeah, I mean, it fills me with confidence, actually, because um, I know it's incredibly early days, but if if he can somehow get a tune out of the likes of Valencia and Fellaini, then I, I'm rubbing my hands in gleeful anticipation to what he's going to do with Zlatan and Mkhitaryan and Pogba. But I think it just sort of harks back to a lot of what we used to say when we were initially trying to analyse why it wasn't working for Van Hall, and that was we were like, I'm not sure he has the players to play to make his system work. Now that was in our sort of younger, more naive days before we had fully given up a hope of him ever being able to turn it around. We just said something's got to change because the players that he has are exposed by the system he's trying to play because it doesn't suit their strengths and it's either too complex or just too unsuited to their style of play and preferences. And Mourinho's system is a less complex system. It's about quick transitions, you know, being compact in defence, winning the ball back and getting it forward quickly. Now, whether that's on the break or in a couple of occasions you see it, you know, a a diagonal ball or a ball over the top uh, for somebody to run onto, um, it is by its very nature a less complex system. Now, he makes that work because it's also maximised by his, for a certain amount of time anyway, very, very, very good man management skills. And and you look at Valencia and Fellaini, and already you can see here are players that have been told that can have confidence in what they're trying to do. Um, Fellaini no longer looks terrified to have the ball, um, no longer looks indecisive on the ball, and Valencia seems to have rediscovered how to run at a fullback. Well, let's look at the lineup in particular. I mean, from you know looking at the lineup an hour before kickoff to what actually happened out on the pitch, did any of it surprise you in terms of how the actual performance was implemented? Um, I think the defence sort of picked itself, didn't it? You know, I think it was pretty clear by the time we got to today that that was who his defence was going to be. You know, Chris Smalling's not back yet. You know, he's for reasons I'm starting to understand has decided that in this system Tony Valencia is a better option than Matteo Darmian. No, 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 no. We've we've all been thinking of you <laughs> yeah, this week. Yeah, just uh, I appreciate the sentiment, you know. 
But you hit the nail on the head, though. I mean, you look at the fact that, you know, Mata was picked on that wide right position and, you know, spent most of the first half in particular sort of drifting in, which meant that Valencia had licensed just to bomb up and down that wing, which he's very, very good at doing. You know, he's still got the legs for it, which is great. But you can think of particular to that one time where I think we really, really carved Bournemouth up, where it was, you know, sort of nice passing up and down the side. And then Herrera, that really incisive pass inside, Valencia managed to pull it back and get that great cross and really shot was, you know, relatively well saved by Boric. It wasn't a wonderful finish, but it was a really good play. That sort of situation plays so much to Valencia's strengths where he's got the opportunity to make those little runs and try and get a quick delivery on. And it just doesn't necessarily suit Darmian. And I can kind of see why yeah. Valencia is the one for yeah. the system at the moment. I'm hoping that Darmian's got maybe a way back into the side at some stage. But I do think this really does play towards yeah. Valencia's strengths. And if Valencia is playing at this standard, it's kind of difficult to drop him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I tweeted it today. I said, I think Valencia's going to make me look very foolish this year. And long may it continue. You know, I've got no problem with Rooney or Valencia. Uh, Valencia or Fellaini making me look an utter mug for dismissing them. You know, that that's actually the ideal situation is that that happens. Um, but yeah, so the defence sort of picked itself. Um, midfield, I think as soon as Pogba became clear that Pogba wouldn't be playing, it I think it was always going to be Fellaini coming in because he provides that physical presence. Herrera, I think it could have been Herrera or Carrick, it was harder to predict who would partner Fellaini, but it's good to see Herrera have such a good game. Um, in terms of ahead of them, Rooney, it was always going to be Rooney, and it was always going to be Zlatan and Martial. I find it fascinating how he's rotating his you know, person out on the right wing in that three, um, because Lingard has had some time out there, Mkhitaryan has obviously been bought for there, um, and now Mata played out there today despite having not featured there in preseason, unless I'm wrong. So I think he's still trying to figure out what he's going to do with that right-hand side. And, and I'm really fascinated as to why Mkhitaryan hasn't been involved more, uh, which I guess is another conversation. So yeah, uh, defence picking itself. A couple of interesting choices in midfield, and I think it was always going to be Zlatan up front. And it's sort of you have to look at the result and say, okay, well, it worked. Oh, it did, didn't it? I mean, I, th- I think in particular, you look back to that goal, which was, you know, completely down to one of the best Sunday League defensive displays from Simon Francis I think I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Absolutely beautiful. I mean, the the one good thing about it, you can say from our perspective, oh, it wasn't the best ball from Herrera, but, you know, Mata chased it down. And that's something that Mata's frequently been criticised for, is, you know, not really closing down, not really working particularly hard off the ball. But the goal doesn't happen unless Mata chases that ball down. Really poor back pass from Francis. And, all right, Matt, I could have done a bit better with the initial chance. Well saved by Boric. Francis following up thinking, I've got to try and make this better, and then making it worse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was it, it was it was very much um, an absolute shambles. And uh, fair enough, he, he absolutely chased that ball down today. But he, he still got on the end of it, if you know what I mean. It was a tweet I saw today that really just gave me pause for thought, which was, I wonder if... Mourinho has more time for Mata now because Van Gaal has spent the last two years beating into him all the things Mourinho sold him for not having two years ago, <laughs> which is yeah, excellent. Which is interesting. Though, yeah. He's certainly more well drilled. Certainly a different kind of player than the player that left Chelsea two and a half years ago, two years ago. But 
I still get nervous when I see him running so much. It's almost like he only has little legs. He shouldn't be running that much. It's just, I feel like we're going to break him. He's got to save himself, one. <laughs> Don't do too much. It's like every one step for, every one step for a normal-sized person is two steps for mm. a little one. No, you're right. I mean, I, I think the interesting aspect for me is thinking about Juan actually still being at the club. I say Juan like he's my mate. He's not. But still, it, when Mourinho came in... I don't think any of us would have forgiven matter for deciding to move on. But, you know, he's been at the club for two and a half years. He's arguably had the, the most purple patch of his career at Chelsea. And he's been a part of two United sides that were heavily in transition and under very divisive managers yeah. in the shapes of Moyes and Van Hal. He's now essentially saying, if he doesn't move this season, that he is staying at United to oversee a third which is kind of incredible because, you know, you, you look at him, he, he could easily get into a top four side in Spain should he choose to go back home. You know, I could see a top side in France fancying him as well. Or, you know, maybe at least three of the sides that are currently battling out for the, maybe the top seven places in the Premier League as well. He surely have suitors he decided to leave, but he's clearly decided, if you know, because of the fact that there really haven't been, there hasn't been that much in the way of concrete rumours about yeah. him going that he wants to stay and fight, which is really fascinating to me. I mean, I, I'm not as convinced about Mata's abilities to be, like, a central player for us as I used to be. I think, um, I hope that perhaps I'm selling him short. Um, but I think... <laughs> That's mean. <laughs> that was unintentional. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I, I still now sort of believe that he will be a... Possibly a prominent squad player in a squad that is at the level we're aspiring to be at. So that's why I'm really interested to see how this whole Mctarian Rooney matter thing plays out. I mean, I tweeted it the other day, but uh, and <laughs> it was met with mass incredulity in some quarters. But I, you know, I believe that Mata is probably our second best option at number ten. Mctarian is is most likely our first even though he's not a typical number 10 and, and traditionally played sort of out more sort of out towards the right um under Tuchel's uh Dortmund team so it, it, it's going to be interesting um both Mata and Mictarian are better than he who shall not be referred to yet in that number 10 position so um I'm just glad to see Juan involved I really am and if he can be an effective player for us then great because you know, it's not everybody loves him. I've been told. I've told I need to stop saying everybody loves one, but um, <laughs> I I love him. I like him, um, and I think he yeah. can play a part for us. No, I completely agree. I, I don't think that, uh, regardless of the fact that it it will it will surprise no one to say that you know that we absolutely love matter, but I don't think we're blind to the fact that the likelihood of him becoming a pivotal player for United in this current squad is not necessarily uh, incredible. You know, it's not necessarily weighted in his favour. But, you know, having said that, he's not done himself any disservice in the way that he's gone about things so far in the Marino, which is great. Now, moving on to uh, the goal scorer of the second goal this afternoon, uh, Wayne Rooney. Wasn't great, but he scored. How's that? Yeah, I think that's going to be a pretty familiar pretty familiar rhythm for him now. He, in a high-functioning team, he's very capable of putting the ball in the net from time to time. He's also very capable of doing pretty much nothing else right the whole game. Um, how was it? It was described to me earlier. He spends the in, the entire game breaking up his team's play and then 
puts the ball in the net once. <laughs> Which is probably a little unfair because, you know, he's on the pitch to put the ball in the net. Um, but it's, the guys from Rantcast probably hit the nail on the head with it a couple of weeks back when they said it's probably just going to be a case of Rooney playing pretty poorly, fairly regularly, um, but scoring just enough goals to not get dropped. Um, so yeah, I mean, if he scores in every game, then, you know, I guess he can, he can uh, be justified in his inclusion. That's what he did in 2011, 2012. He scored 35 goals while playing terribly. So What? You reckon? Wasn't yeah. that bad. Oh, that's another conversation for another day. Um, oh, dear. It, yeah, but anyway, um, look, no, he, no, sco- I he scored, I mean, so I can't I, criticize him yeah. too much. No, exactly. I think you're right. I think had he not scored, then this chat might have a slightly different tone to it. But it's difficult to be too critical. What you can be critical of was that ridiculous dive. What? Oh, oh dear. I mean, he just does not need to dive. I don't understand it. That that was such a ridiculous moment in the second half that one before he actually got his goal. Mm, I think if we got a penalty and he scored, we wouldn't mind too much. Uh, I don't know. I feel a little bit dirty about it. But still, I mean, he took that goal quite well. Um you know, Valencia again doing great work down the right that's the one thing about having Valencia solely on that right in the sense that Mata will not stay too close to him and he'll kind of try to come more centrally there was a couple of occasions where Herrera broke up the ball and he needed more of an outlet he needed someone else to be nearby in order to pass to and there was just no one there because if Valencia's not up there then there is no other outlet there um, but you know fair enough you know he didn't do too badly and the, the cross from Valencia wasn't you know, it was very well delivered to Martial. He is still getting some sharpness back. You, know, you can <laughs> yeah. see that. You know, he's he's had a lot of football in the last twelve months. That was and I think, one of know, the worst shanks of a attempted volley I have ever seen. But if that counted as an assist on fantasy football, it counted <laughs> as one of his two assists. If you're gonna miss, make sure your miss sets up somebody else. You know, so fair play. Oh dear, yeah, I mean, again, you know, Martial, I'm not worried about him whatsoever, I saw some people maybe overacting a little bit to his performance last weekend, but, you know, give the lads some time, you know, there's going to be heightened expectation on him to deliver even more than he did last season, and I wouldn't be surprised if he doesn't manage more than 10 goals this year, because I think a lot of stuff went through him last year, and that's not necessarily going to be the case this season, mm-hmm. but yeah, he'll be, he'll be fine, I'm not worried about him whatsoever. But yeah, you know, good wherewithal from Rooney to, you know, nod that in the net beyond Boric, 2-0, and that was pretty much game over. Yeah, um, Martial had an interesting sort of spell in a, a sort of like a 20-minute period in, in the second half after we went, might have been after we went 2-0 up, it might have been before or just after Zlatan scored, I can't really remember. But he uh, he started getting the ball, drifting inside more, running at players, and, and it was like, right, he, he's getting a bit frustrated now, he just wants to be involved. But um, as soon as he sort of got the bit between his teeth, he started making stuff happen. I mean, he's a phenomenal player. Incredible pace, incredible footwork. This team is just undercooked. That's all that it is. It's absolutely undercooked. And yeah, you're right. Um, whereas last season, everything went to him and through him. Um, he's now going to have to find a new rhythm and learn how to become effective in a different type of setup. Um, he was the antithesis of the Van Hall system because he was seemed to be the only player who was permitted to and had the confidence to take the ball and run at players. Whereas the team is hopefully going to be a lot more exuberant now. Um, but the team is just still finding its feet. So, um, 
from my days. It was it was the first game of the season. Let's everybody needs to calm down. Martial has not become a bad player overnight. And despite that ridiculous article by Jonathan Northcroft in the Times this morning, he sh- he doesn't need to worry about his future under Mourinho. No, absolutely not. That seemed crazy. But you know, conversely, just to look at the other end of the spectrum, is it worth getting a little bit more excited about Eric B? Yeah, absolutely. He's, God, he looks good. He's clearly the best defender of all time. Um, I don't think it's too soon to say. No, that. I'll back you. I'll back you completely. I... <laughs> it's, just, it's like I've... Talk to me about his performance, Kev. I mean, for the last week, those two performances against Leicester and the one against Bournemouth today, he strikes me as a player who now needs to be one of the starting centre backs, which is ridiculous after just two games, but he looks ready for it. Yeah. I mean, he's, he's, he's flying on an absolute wave of momentum at the moment, and he's. He's a breath of fresh air for us because he's he's a defender who actually likes a tackle and isn't going to injure himself or his teammate at every time he attempts it. I think he immediately, in terms of his style of defending, he, he conjures up memories of, of peak Vidic, doesn't he, in terms of just his ability to just make a last-ditch challenge and stuff like that. I'm always a little bit sceptical of players that make too many last-ditch challenges because I think a sign of you really maturing as a defender is going to be uh, when you don't need to make last-ditch challenges Well, that's anymore. true, but today he didn't yeah. actually... I don't think he made any challenges on the ground. I think he pretty much stayed on his feet for most of the game. Well, there was there was one or two, but no, he's... Uh, to answer your earlier question, uh, it's, it, he's, he's looking very, uh, very assured. He's looking passionate. He's looking hungry. He's, he's... Mourinho knows how to pick out a defender. And I think he's found us another gem there. Well, it's it's not even just his his challenges. You know, he made a couple of very uncompromising tackles, neither of which went punished. There was that one against uh, Josh King where he's got the ball first and basically clattered into him afterwards. But he's just so strong and powerful. You know, he's he's a very strong dude. It's really really been impressive to watch him so far. But not only that, he is very very good on the ball. You know, it set Valencia and Mata free on passes from deep in defence down the right flank on a couple of occasions this afternoon. Mm-hmm. He looks very confident and he looks like he's at home uh, at United, which is remarkable at this young stage of his career. You know, he's 22 years old. You know, he's never played in England before. He doesn't even speak English particularly well yet. So the fact that he is now changing the equation from who should play with Smalling to who should play with B is, in such a small space of time, absolutely incredible. And... Mm. You know, we don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because we've seen this before. You know, I, I remember a certain uh, friend of mine who noted that uh, Matteo Damian was looking like he could be one of the best uh, right backs in the league after a couple of games last season. <coughs> but uh, yeah, he looks great. Let's be let's be quite honest, and I'm I'm really really excited to to have him in the team. You know, I mean, again, you know, you can't really talk about B without talking about Blind as well. And I know he's not your favourite topic of conversation, but. A fair play to that boy. He's uh, he's not again. He's he's someone who's really doing himself a lot of good in this gun performances so far, isn't he? Um, well, j- just to pop back to Bay for a second, um, I think logic would dictate that his game would probably level out at some point um, this season. I mean, Phil Jones was a revelation for his first couple of games in the United shirt as well for his first half season. Um, so I think we need to not be too worried when it comes because. Um, at the moment, you know, he's he's not been really tested yet either. So, and and tougher tests will come. So, uh, but it's it's been an encouraging first couple of games. Daily Blind, 
you know, my, my position on him hasn't really changed. He is a good player. He's not a centre back. He is capable of putting in very capable performances at centre back, but every so often, every couple of games, he shows you something that completely demonstrates why centre back is not his starting position. No. Now, I think the reason he would be in the team ahead of Smalling at the moment and alongside Bailey is because he does offer an element of composure and a counterpoint to Bailey's defending style um, that we need. But also, we have nobody who is an alternative to him to supply that same thing. Which is why if somebody like Jose Font or another more experienced, measured centre-back comes in, I do expect him to come in in Blin's place. Um, because as... I mean, this is a, it's like an eternal conversation, but it depends on which fo- side of the fence you fall on. Some people would fall on the side of the fence that says, because Blind is playing out of position, every good performance is worthy of so much more merit, and as a result he should be heralded and lauded for his performances. And there's an element of truth in that. But there is also an element of truth in the statement that says he has never really shown us consistently superb or even very, very good performances that you would expect of a starting centre-back at the level that United aspire to. So no, I can agree with that. I think that the thing to note is that Mourinho is picking him to play centre-back when he has other options. I'm not necessarily saying Rocco or Jones are better, but those two men are centre-backs. And Daly Blind, who, as you said, is essentially not a centre-back by trade, is better than them at their job and getting picked ahead of them. But it's a style counterpoint, isn't it? It's, yeah, I mean, it's... that's definitely part of it. But if Mourinho is really that bothered about Blind and didn't think he was good enough, then he just wouldn't be playing him. I mean, obviously, that could change at any point, And who knows what will happen when Smalling gets fit or, is, as you said, if Fonte comes in. But, you know, it's been good to see that those two, as you said, there's, there's definitely a style counterpoint to it. You know, you've got the brain of Blind and the uh, brawn of Bailey, and that's just so many bees. It's absolutely beautiful. I love in, it. In defence, in in defence, Blind is a placeholder, and that is with a, a lot of affection for the guy and a lot of respect for how he carries himself and how he plays. But he's a placeholder, um, and if we want to compete for the title and in Europe, then he will be exposed. I think he's wasted in centre back because I would like to see him even in a more advanced position. Why not sharing similar role to what Carrick is doing uh, when he's in the team at the moment? Um, I certainly rate him more as a midfielder as I do as a centre-back. But again, it's it's similar to Mata, but to an even greater extent. Um, he's going to be a squad player at best in a Mourinho team that competes for titles. That's my opinion. I believe the reason he's still in the squad is because we haven't had a chance to address that area yet. No, that's fair enough. I can get down with that. Let's move on to the third goal then. Someone who... Plenty of people have been expecting to fail at this level, and obviously we've again got to put that massive, gigantic, gaping caveat of the fact that this is just his first Premier League game, and it was Bournemouth, who, uh, you know, all without any uh, disrespect, were not really any great shakes today. Slatan again with not necessarily a vintage performance, but coming up with an absolutely cracking goal to see. It's nice to have someone in the team that can actually do that again, isn't it? It's nice to have a striker. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. I mean, Marcus is still excellent, but, you know, I mean, whether or not we'll see him work a little bit more out wide, you know, during the season. Yeah, probably. Or, you know, perhaps even behind the striker. You know, whoever knows. Just just a, a big 
powerful bloke who can score goals up front just to see that working so well already this season. You know, I mean, obviously we're bringing two friendlies into the equation, but three goals in four starts since he's joined up. That's damn good number so far. Yeah, I mean, it's it's no secret that I was, you know, dubious and less than enthusiastic at the prospect of, of Zlatan, the character, the person joining the squad, um, rather than having any real doubts about his ability. But I think... Already, um, you can see the impact his very presence, let alone his ability, is having on the players around him. So yeah, you know, it's yet another player who may who may make me eat my words. But it was never a question of his ability. Yeah, he seems at the moment to be this mad mix of the sort of laissez-faire, laid-back attitude of Dimitar Berbatov combined with the drive that Van Persie had when he showed up at the at club. You know, just instantly making us superbly better in that position and leading from mm. the front. Um, that clipped heel over the top, almost assist for Rooney was incredible, wasn't it? Absolutely. I mean, he looks like he is on a slightly different level to a lot of the, the players around him at the moment, mm. which for a bloke who's going to be turning 35 in October is absolutely remarkable. But he doesn't seem to have missed a beat at all with joining the Premier League, which is great. You know, a lot of people are concerned about whether or not he'll be up to the rigours of it. And... One of the things that we do have to put in there is that because United are playing Europa League football, I don't expect him to play every game. No. You know, he won't. You know, he'll have to be carefully managed. He's not going to be playing three games no. in seven days. You know, that, that's why we've got a slightly bigger squad and different options to play in his position. So he doesn't have to play every game. But if he carries on in this vein and he gets the service, because that's been a big part of it as well. You know, that that goal of his. Partly, I mean, it, it was a brilliant shot. Let's take nothing away from that. You know, it was Martial running at defenders there that certainly helped that when he dragged the ball forward. And it was great. And, you know, his goal last weekend was always a result of Valencia, you know, having his uh, his wonderful duel of the fates <laughs> on the, uh, the right flank and then crossing in for that header. But, yeah, he just looks supremely confident. And, you know, I know there's been a lot of discussions about his interviews and everything and... I know that the the cult of Ibrahimovic has distracted and put people off before, and I count myself as one of them. But I think if he continues on in this vein, it's just going to look like such an astute and wise purchase. And then, you know, further down the line, you'll be thinking in a couple of years' time, God, what an absolute steal for a free transfer to get Ibrahimovic to have gotten that many goals for us. That's what I'm hoping. You know, I don't want to get too far ahead of myself, which is what we're doing a lot tonight. But... Gosh, he's looking good. We were happy. It's so good. Oh, gosh. Happy days, Kevin. It's nice to have a player on the park that's visibly and just noticeably better than anyone else out there when it comes to just pulling something out of nowhere, just having that, that quality that you need. I mean, that, that goal today was absolutely superb. It was incredible. It was like, it's one of those things that, um, you'd see Brian Robson score two or three of those a season. You know, I've got an absolute stack of Manchester United videos from the eighties that I grew up on. I'm sorry to say, I'm I'm not old enough to to have seen Brian Robson's glory days. You know, in the flesh or even in my lifetime. But you know, it was uh certainly something that I've caught up on since. And and yeah, it was just one of those goals that. It's probably underrated a little bit because it goes along the ground. But, I mean, if you can put the ball in the back of the net, bottom corner or top corner from 25 yards, you're, yeah, 
from that distance without just bobbling on the ground. That was absolutely a a brilliant hit, wasn't it? It's it's one yeah. It's just nice to have players taking shots from outside the area. It's good. Remember that, Kev? (laughs) Two, yeah. Oh gosh. Speaking of world class quality, I mean, we we forget this, but one player who was an absolute master for us last season, who we had to call on perhaps once or twice in the entire game and didn't have to bail us out at all today. Yeah, David De Gea. Yeah, yeah. Um I mean he didn't really uh with that Smith goal he didn't really have a chance, did he? Um and but he still made mm. that really, really good save towards the end. It was he still had that in his locker, he still needed to do it. Um but yeah, I, I sincerely hope with all my heart that he doesn't get anywhere near our player of the year trophy this year. Yes, good lord. I mean, if he's there for the third year in a row, I think he would uh, feel quite embarrassed himself. And there was a little spurt of pressure towards the end that, you know, there was, I wouldn't necessarily say it was squeaky bum time or maybe creaky bum time, but still. (laughs) But, you know, we dealt with that match very, very well today. And, you know, compare and contrast it with the match back in December where we had so much possession but did so little with it. And Bournemouth grew in stature and scored goals at such great times. And we just struggled to cope with the intensity of the evening. Mm. There was no danger of that tonight. I mean, Eddie Howe had his side set up to be to try and be as combative as pos- and positive as possible. But we just didn't allow it to happen. We controlled that game so well. The game management was absolutely brilliant. And, well, I say brilliant, just so much better than we're used to. Yeah, I mean, we we play a much deeper defensive line now than we did under Van Hall because it's not about a massively high press. It's more about defending certain zones. Um, So, generally speaking, we're going to give away less chances and De Gea's going to be less exposed than he was, um, certainly in the second half of last year. I think um, but what you saw with Blind uh, today was, was, yeah, he, he, he actually... Had a very, very composed game for 89 minutes, but then he also had a moment where we conceded a goal. Now, he was left exposed by Shaw, so maybe that's unfair on him. But, um, yeah, no, it was... It was I saw somebody mention today, they said, uh, last year, when that goal goes in, United absolutely wet themselves, whereas <laughs> they just didn't seem worried at all today. And I expect us to be superbly better, actually better defensively, not falsely good at defending like we were last year when we just defended through sterile dominance our actual ability to actually defend is going to be good this year yeah that'd be quite nice just just a quick note on the, that midfield duo Fellaini Herrera that worked out quite well surprisingly well I, I thought you know we we have ripped him to bits so many times and I am absolutely happy to say that Fellaini was good today. You know, he was he was almost 90... great. You know, breaking up possession really, really well. I've got the stat for you. I know which one you're thinking of because Squawker did it earlier on. Ninety-eight point seven possession. Sorry, ninety-eight point seven percent pass completion. I would have said it right first time. Um, but oh, shut up. <laughs> no, it's, I mean it's incredible. I mean, and that's not from five passes either. That's from what seventy odd passes. So it it will definitely mm-hmm. do. I mean, I mean, look. If Mourinho can get that tune out of Fellaini on a more consistent basis, I don't think United fans will have nearly as much of a problem with it. And I think it shows that there's a use for Fellaini beyond just being that battering ram, beyond being that aerial presence. He's not really a very good aerial presence to begin with, anyway. Just that that you know lump that we chuck up front when we want to try and make a chance or break up play a little bit more. 
and cause some problems. Well, look, air. if anybody can get a tune out of him, it would be Mourinho. I mean, he's not going to be in the team when Pogba's fit and firing, but if he can play like he did today, then he's going to be a good option to call on, uh, either for rotation purposes or when there's injuries. So um, I've got no problem with players surpassing my expectations of them. In fact, that's what I want. You know, it's, I'm not, I've, uh, like, when I, like, we, we've been quite strong on our criticism of a lot of players, and, and, and that includes, you know, um, Rooney, and it includes Fellaini, and it includes Valencia, and it's not a personal thing. It's not like we have decided we don't like this player, therefore we don't want to see them do well, and we just want them gone. I'm sorry, if Rooney scores 30 goals this season, if Valencia gets 20 assists, and if Fellaini is our midfield general, then brilliant, because it means we're having a successful season. If they do well, we do well as a team. So, bring it on. I mean, if if Valencia plays this well all season, I'm going to be laughing my head yeah. off. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it, it just, it'd be brilliant. So, yeah, I guess my point is bring it on. I, I sincerely hope that they are successful. I think what's evident is that across the board, every single player has improved already just by being given the confidence to play a more in a more relaxed and natural way, being shown confidence by a manager who says, go out and do it. You can do it, you know? So um, it's not been groundbreaking yet, but I think it's already evident that there's a change afoot at the club. And, and it's going to be positive. Well, I mean, we, we can't draw uh, gigantic conclusions based on the first game of the season. But, uh, yeah, it, it's looking like it's going to be an absolutely fascinating season so far. You know, the uh, Leicester really struggled yesterday. They really found it difficult to break hole down. And they looked like after that Snodgrass goal, which was beautifully well taken, that second strike, they hit a wall. They didn't know what to do. So it's going to be really interesting to see how they start to deal with that as the season develops because a lot of people are going to be gunning for them and a lot of people know how they play and will be prepared for it. As far as City goes, the hilarity of uh, a Manchester United defender being sold to Sunderland and then inadvertently scoring that own goal to help Pep Guardiola win his first game at the Etihad. (laughs) Oh, my word. Oh, dearie me. No party, no party. No, bless him. (laughs) I mean, good on him. I mean, Mourinho, I think it was Mourinho who said today that you know he didn't necessarily want Paddy to leave, but Paddy wanted a fresh start and to try his uh, his luck somewhere else. That went well. <laughs> oh dear, Adnan. That's a good point about chatting about Adnan. Yeah. There's definitely still a player in there, and there's a uh, Paul wrote on the blog for us this week, which we'll plug later on. You know, there's there's definitely still enough quality in there in order to make him a success. But I think his head's gone. The, the corner delivery against City yesterday was absolutely shambolic. That that was that was a graduation from the nanny school of corners. <laughs> that it was awful. His, his head's gone, isn't it? And unless he gets it back and really gets his head down and has a superb season. Um, I think it's gotten to the point where he could have a very, very good season and it still just be about us driving up his sale value. Um, I think it's hard to bounce back from giving that impression of yourself to two success, successive managers. Um, the fact that he's already been... Well, three if you can't touch with as well. Well, yeah. Yeah, that's it. So, I mean, look, I think he was a bright and shining light in what was an otherwise desperately bad season uh, when Moyes was in charge but that was also like the last thing he did <laughs> so um, you know I hope he has an absolute stormer of a season at, at, at Sunderland and comes back to establish himself in the in the uh, United team but I can't see it happening um, he's not even really Mourinho he's not even really Mourinho's type of player 
No, I think I think this loan is his last chance for Looney. He needs to prove himself there, and if he doesn't, then United will sell him. I think that's as I simple think as it comes. Sold anyway. Yeah, well, maybe. I mean, it, it even you know Mourinho was uh, effusive in his uh, sort of defence of Memphis and saying you know he's very much a part of his plans yeah. and he you know he knows what happened last season, but he doesn't want to think of that. He wants to think of the player that he knew it, you know he knows from PSV and from watching him play as a kid. So Ooh. can 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 we yeah, pause for a minute did, and just talk about Mourinho? in terms of the kind of sounds he's making and the press conference blurbs and, and the kind of quotes that he's coming out with because I almost don't know how to watch a press conference and not be furious anymore, so it's been rather enjoyable <laughs> um, just to to see him come out with things like, well, for us, we want to win the title. Well, it's it. I don't think about the last three years. I think about uh, this year and I think about this club and this team, uh, we want to win every game. You know, it, it's just really, really refreshing to have a manager that's not suddenly willing to downplay expectation to suit his own failure to to be successful. Does that make sense? It's almost like he spent the five months in between getting sacked by Chelsea and uh, getting the United job, figuring out how best to do this <laughs> job. But you're completely right. I mean, he is saying all the right words. You know, it's got us all purring, isn't it? You know, it, he's he just sounds confident he's ticking every single box you could almost possibly ask you know with with the possible personal one of uh, putting one bastion Schweinsteiger out to pasture but still that, that's not necessarily one you can argue too much with he's still in his in his charming phase isn't he and, and he'll soon in about eight months time or perhaps one year one month into his second season he'll go into his charming with uh more discernibly haggard facial hair stage and then he'll and then he'll be in a tracksuit by the end of his second year, and it'll all go to pot at the start of his third. But let's just well look. I mean, I think we'll know if we've got problems if in eighteen months he's drop kicking a mascot into the south stand. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Kev, Friday night under the old traffic lights. Friday night football. Paul Pogba's debut, most likely. Mourinho said he'd be ready on Tuesday for that game. How excited are you to see him picking up? where he left off four years later. It's going to be awesome. I mean, picking up where he left off four years later, really he's getting started for the first time, isn't he? I mean, uh, he, he's he got, what, 18 minutes of first-team Manchester United football in his career. So it's really exciting. It is just really, really exciting. I absolutely, one million percent, just could not see it happening as recently as, like, June. <laughs> I was like, no, <laughs> it's not happening. This is another Ramos everybody's stupid and you're just getting your hopes up and you're going to get hurt. Oh, I know, but this, this is a great thing about it though, isn't it? If you look at how it sort of all came together, you know, I felt the exact same way as you, but you watch those interviews that you gave with MUTV and they're so genuine, aren't they? Yeah. Well, um, I can't remember who it was, but I remember reading it and going, oh, yeah, no, I agree with that. He reminds me of Robin Van Persie when he first showed up at the club. Just this driven and determined, relaxed clearly absolutely made up to be there and is just like right I want to win let's get to it let's go let's do it I think being in a dressing room with Mourinho with Zlatan with those kind of presences will be really really good for him and you know there's a reason that he moved to United from Le Havre when he did and yes it is a good career opportunity even if you totally divorce yourself from any affection to the club but here's a guy that spent three years developing at United, never got the chance to realise that and left in frustration. So, I'm sure, even if it is just a pit stop on his way to Real Madrid or Barcelona for two or three years, 
that he feels that he's got something to prove here. Not in terms of his ability, but just in terms of I'm coming back to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish first time round. And in many ways, even though we've shelled out an absolute metric ton of money on him, it might be all the better that he left and came back and we didn't get three years of them of him through Van Hall and Moyes. <laughs> It'd be nice to get three years of him from now. Oh dear. Yeah, I, I agree completely. I think it's all set up now for him to succeed, isn't it? You know, he, he is going to be playing in hopefully a system that will get the best out of him or at least something that will be tailored to to really hone in on what makes him a really incredible midfielder. And hopefully Mourinho can make him improve. You know, it, it seems like everything is set up for him to succeed at United now. And, you know, that, that feels very much like the way for the whole club at the moment. You know, I, I would say that we still got a couple of, you know, gremlins to sort out the system. I, I still think that we can look a little bit better in defence. Um, but, you know, from front to back, United are looking like a really good side at the moment. And everything is set up now. We've got the right manager. You think we've got most of the right players in place. Especially with Pogba as well. You just think United has got to get on with it now, really, haven't we? And the thing is, with the exception of defence, there is competition in almost every area of the squad for first-team places, um, which is no, not something we've had for a long time. For a long, long time. Mm. Um, you know, you're looking at having genuinely about six, seven, eight players competing for those first three forward slots. Now, some of them are miles ahead of others in terms of the merit by which they can claim those places. Uh, but the fact is that the numbers are still there, and that that's going to create good competition i i personally hope rashford pushes every single one of them to the absolute max um because i'm pretty sure he will him coming on and getting 30 minutes at the end of a game against a tired team is going to be fun to watch and you know it's worth remembering that as much as rashford's rise to the top has been absolutely phenomenal it also came ahead of time it came ahead of schedule and he's still only young so serving under the likes of Zlatan for a year and being his understudy is going to work wonders for him. And there's going to be enough games in the season for him to play anyway, so it'll be fine. Sure, I mean, who are you most looking forward to watching under Mourinho? Just before we go on to Twitter questions. Mm, Pogba. <laughs> Definitely Pogba. I have to go for the easy one. Very bold there. Right, Twitter questions. Thank you very much for sending them in. At Dane Sayer asks, what's your favourite pizza topping? Kev, you're first. <laughs> this has been a controversial one. <laughs> I, you know what the answer to this is. I don't eat pizza. <laughs> I know. I don't I like know. pizza. I just wanted the world to hear it. Well, you know, shut off the podcast now, guys, if you have an issue with it. No, that's fine. Meat feast, by the way, Dane. All the way meat feast. Uh, Rick at King Kyle asks, is it time we give Fellaini some deserved credit? Looks like he'll be an important player in Dumourinho. Well, we I'm not sure I'd go as far as to saying important player, but I think, no, I, th- I think he's well deserving of it. Mm-hmm. No, no, I think he's did very well today. Looking forward to seeing what more he can provide. Uh, at Andrew underscore Shaw underscore 91 asks, who provided Fellaini with the performance enhancing drugs? <laughs> I think uh, it's, it's pr- probably not... The abundance of something, but the lack of something else, and, and perhaps a lack of David Moyes and a lack of Louis van Gaal as, as put him in a position where he can feel confident about his football again. Mary at Mary C-U-N-T asks, taking Eric Cantona out of the equation, is Eric Bailey the best Eric to ever exist? I'm not sure he's quite approaching Jemba Jemba territory yet, but oh, a bit gosh. of work and he might get there. So good they named him twice, Eric Jemba Jemba. Exactly. 
Atlas Worsley asks, if you had half an hour with one of the current squad to ask questions, who would it be and what would you ask them? Rooney. What would you ask Rooney for half an hour? What was his honest appraisal of his own ability, uh, how he saw himself fitting into the team and how he slept at no. Um, I was going to say how he slept at night. That sounds like the most awkward half an hour you could have with any <laughs> no, no, human no, being. No, no, no. I, I genuinely am fascinated by him as a character um, because actually I think in terms of his professionalism, in terms of his current attitude to football and his sort of ideas of himself, I don't think... I think he is a new man in many respects in the last couple of years. Um, so I would love to have a chat with him about how he saw the next few years playing out because... I just I'd find that consummately interesting because he has to know by now, and I'm not going to start ranting about this, that he is under pressure from other quarters and other players around him. So I'd, I'd really like to have a chat with him about that. What about you? Uh, matter mostly to figure out what the best blog template would be, or what what you know if he uses WordPress, is he blogger? Who's he got to sort it out for that one? Well, mate, I don't think we need to be taking blog advice from Matt. Oh, what? How dare you? <laughs> Keith Mason asks, do you think Blind and Bailey could be a good partnership? And when do you think Jersey would drop Rooney? Uh, the first part of that could be all right. Second part of that, how long is a piece of string? Yeah, that's fair enough. At Kevin Coley 9 asks, whose hair bun is better? Zlatand or Blind? Well, you see, Blind, for me, he's he's got he's gonna he's causing his hairline to recede with his, so I'm not sure he can quite pull it off anymore. Uh, so I think we've got to go with Latan there. Yeah, I'd agree with you on that one. Jan Buckley and uh, Neil Christie are both asking about signings in particular. Neil asks about uh, Jose Fonte. Discussed that a little bit earlier on. I mean, that is the signing that comes to mind quickly for me in terms of a target that I would suggest is gettable at this stage of the summer to bring in to sort of solidify up the the, uh, the centre backs what would you say yeah well you can get the deal done quickly and he can be in the team by friday if you want if if we want him to be and and whether i, I tweeted about this earlier so whether it's for numbers or whether it's a legitimate short term option for a partner for bailey slash smalling in terms of having a bit more composure and a bit more experience um 9 million experienced measured composed absolute no brainer 9 million i mean I know that's a lot of money, but in term relative to the the sums being thrown about for players this summer, um, yeah, you know you can't you can't buy your Pogba for every position in one summer, and we have done exceedingly well to secure the players we have. So maybe it's time for an easy win. Teddy and Vikash Patel both ask: Does Smalling deserve to walk straight back into the lineup once he's fit? What do you think? Um, I mean, if. Blinden Bailey are quote unquote crushing it, then I mean, it's difficult to, to drop him straight back in, isn't it? I mean, I think that's partly the problem that Smalling's got at the minute. You know, he's he had that suspension, fair enough. I know he's had a couple of difficult, uh, troubling injuries since he's come back into the side after that holiday after the Euros. But yeah, I, I think that he's now a little bit further down the pecking order than he would have liked. It's not a huge problem. <laughs> he's certainly not in as much trouble as uh, Marcus Rocco and Bill Jones are. But yeah, I, I think that, you know, it's a new manager and I think that Smalling is a couple of weeks behind being able to prove to Mourinho what he's actually capable of doing. I mean, last season was an interesting season for Smalling because he spent the first half of the year generally being perceived as one of the better performing centre-backs in England and then spent the second half of the year convincing everybody that they'd spoken too soon. He was flattered by Van Hal's system, but he was also 
is probably better than those mistakes that you sometimes see him make. I tweeted in about May or June time that I, I wasn't convinced. I did wonder just how much Mourinho would fancy Smalling in terms of him being a starting centre-back. And in many ways, Bailey comes in and offers a similar... Yeah, I think fulfills a similar role than as Smalling does in that defence. I think Smalling is not a leader of a defence. He is someone that will be led. And <laughs> I think, as I alluded to in conversations earlier, if, if, if it was Smalling and Bailey in the same team, it would just be absolute chaos. It would be fun. There would be lots of unnecessary tackles 20 yards inside the opposition half. But... I don't know. I I think it's as we hinted with Blind earlier because Blind provides a stylistic counterpoint and is probably the most measured option we have there at the moment. He's probably in direct competition with Bailey and and Bailey's not looking like he's going to get dropped anytime soon. That's true. Last question of the night is from Neil Christie again. Going back to Neil, how excited should we be for this season? As I'm struggling to keep mine in check. What do you think? I'll ask you. That's <laughs> true. I, it's an interesting one. I, I, I still think that City will be hard to beat for the title. So I'm losing all my top red points in that. But I just want us to be competing for the title. I want us to be in the conversation till the end. It, if at that point we don't win it, then yes, at the time it will be absolutely devastating. But relative to where the last couple of years have been, that can be considered a successful season. If we win a cup and we challenge for the league, uh, yeah, br- brilliant. I think we'll finish first or second, genuinely. Um, I'm not convinced it'll be first. No, I, I pretty much agree with you on that one. I think based on the last three years, you you just naturally have to be cautious with what comes next for United. As much as I was talking earlier on about, you know, everything set up to succeed, not necessarily this season, you know, over the, the next couple of years, next two or three years, we also hope that United are going to potentially get a greater squad together to be able to challenge for the Champions League, which is you know, far and away my most favourite competition and one I want to see United win every time we're in it without a shadow of a doubt. I made you know, plenty of positive signs today. Great to have won the game. You know, all right, kind of nice to be top of the table because we haven't been there very much in the last couple of years, strangely enough. But, you know, get a little bit excited. But obviously, with the added caveat, I'm not assuming that we're going to be there in May. I would say let's get excited about the journey and... and... You know, I think the destination will be very pleasing as well. I, I think there's every evidence so far to suggest that the journey to whatever happens in me is going to be a lot more interesting than what we had last year. And for that, I am really goddamn grateful. <laughs> Excellent. Kev, thank you very much for joining me. It's wonderful to have you back. Guys, thank you very much for listening. You can actually visit our quite nice blog at the minute we've got pieces from paul and myself up rich has got one coming up in just the next couple of days you can find that at redvoicesmufc.wordpress.com you can find the podcast on soundcloud and the itunes podcast app you can also find it on pretty much every android podcast app that you can think of so that's beyond pod that's popping etc kev where can people find you on twitter at kev underscore l for lima t for tango Excellent. You can find me at, at you and Lennox. And if by some hook or crook you're not actually following the podcast on Twitter, at Red Voices MUFC. Guys, pleasure as always. We'll be back with you next week. Cheerio. Cheerio.